Welcome back to Humans of Purpose, the weekly podcast featuring conversations with local purpose-driven leaders, leaders creating social impact through their work and fostering in a new era of social progress. We want you to listen, connect, and grow with us. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com. A colleague at UWA in Perth, at the university there, he trains some Aboriginal healthcare workers up uh, in remote part of WA uh, to send him some photos on a smartphone camera uh, of teeth because they had no dental in this community. And uh, he showed it to a dentist in uh, the photos to a dentist in Perth, a friend of his, and he's like, I can tell a hell of a lot. Those are the wise words of Dr. Kyle Turner, CEO and founder of Pearly. Pearly are a medtech startup using AI image processing to scan photos of your teeth taken with a smartphone camera to check for dental problems. Kyle is also a public health lecturer following on from his PhD in epidemiology earned at the University of Oxford. He's a proud Wurundjeri man and is an expert in Indigenous health. A quick shout out to our Patreon family and we'll get right back to Kyle. I wouldn't be in a position to make this podcast without the support of our Patreon family each and every week, including Levi, Tanvir, Lucia, Judy, Jules, Sally, McCartan, Stuart, Joel, Misha Times 2, Bonnie, Olivia, Lyndon, Joe, B, and Will. This elite squad helps me to shape the direction of the podcast through their advice, ideas, guest referrals, and ongoing feedback. If you want to support the growth and future sustainability of Humans of Purpose, I encourage you to join our Patreon community. By supporting me to make Humans of Purpose, you're getting behind independent and local content production in the form of conversations about the things that matter most. To support us, just hit the link in our show notes or head to patreon.com slash humansofpurpose. So in my conversation with Kyle, we discussed startup ventures and Kyle's entrepreneurship journey, his time spent at a world-class university, as well as a bit about COVID and epidemiology. I note that we recorded this episode in early mid-March, prior to heavy restrictions for COVID coming into effect. I found Kyle um, a fascinating person to hang out with and converse with and really easy to get along with. I found the amount that he's done in his life today to be truly inspiring. He's a rare mix of the scientific, intellectual and savvy entrepreneur. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kyle as much as I did. Awesome to have you here, Kyle. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm pumped. It's an honor. I wasn't sure what social distancing protocols were needed to be complied with to make this happen in the midst of COVID, but... I think we're a good two, three meters apart. Um, it should be fine. So we're good distance. And I know that you're a public health expert and epidemiologist. You're a full-time at Melbourne University, more or less. Yeah. Wouldn't call myself an expert. Um, always learning. But uh, yep, uh, lecturer in public health at the University of Melbourne. Uh, PhD in epidemiology from uh, overseas, Oxford University. And before we get into it, what's it like? I mean, is this like an epidemiologist dream for this to happen and then to be in the midst of the analysis and rough and tumble? Or? Um, I'm not involved. Yeah. Um, so we talked about this earlier. I'm going to defer yeah. you to the government advice. <laughs> I thought you might do that. Uh, I did work on swine flu um, back in 2009, which yep. was really interesting. Is that the H1N1? Or is yeah. That? Yep. Yep. So that was our last uh, big pandemic. Yeah. Um, Got some good stories from that one, but Ooh. I'm not involved with uh, okay. what's going on right Maybe now. if there's time later, we'll get into that. But you're here today on a different note as the founder and CEO of Pearly, yep. uh, which I'm really excited to talk about, Dental Health Primary Care and Prevention Initiative. Yep. Um, why don't you lead us in with a little bit about your background and story, and then we'll um, we'll get stuck right stuck into the good stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, so Pearly, uh, just off the bat, it's 
machine learning. I know it scares a few people, but um, you're basically training a computer to do something that can be automated. Um, it's, uh, so we're really interested in computer vision. So we've taught a computer to scan photos of your teeth, um, taken it home with a smartphone camera uh, to check for common dental problems. So it's a fast, very convenient, um, non-invasive dental checkup uh, from the convenience of your own home. And it's- How'd you come up with the idea for that? Because it sounds, the way you say it so slowly and simply, it sounds like a, kind of such a no-brainer that I yeah. imagine. No, no one's doing it. Uh, yeah. We found uh, around the globe, which is, which is a relief. Um, our investors we raised last month, which was great. Uh, they were very happy about that. Uh, now we're at to race to get to the market first. And do they have a? Is that called Series A, Series B? So we just did a pre-seed round. Yep. So it was two hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, at a, I don't know if you are interested in the startup. I, I kind of am. I think our listeners would be mildly. I'd say a bit of detail would be a bit of context. Yeah, I, I love it. It's really, yeah, yeah, really yeah. good fun. Um, it's not my first startup. I raised on the previous one in the UK. Um, that was a healthy food delivery startup. My PhD was around obesity prevention in kids. Oh, man. We've got so much to talk about today. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. I don't have kids, but, you know, like obesity <laughs> is a looming threat all the time. Yeah, you, you pick the, tub, uh, the, the subjects and I'll, I'll probably have something to tell you about it. <laughs> Your startup in the UK was sort of an alternative to Deliveroo, I think it was pitched as. Yeah, so Uber Eats wasn't around then. Um, it did launch two weeks after we did, yeah. which <laughs> really sucked. Um, it does suck. But I was just a complete rookie. This is three, four years ago. Um, I just finished my PhD at uh, Oxford and stayed around for a year. And um, it was around obesity prevention. I saw Deliveroo was delivering McDonald's and pizzas. and Yeah. So I thought, ah, oh, clearly people would like a healthy alternative. Uh, turns out people just want food fast, um, yep. junk food fast. And uh, it was a complete flop. Uh, but raised 100 grand, built a team, built tech. We launched and operated. We did deliveries every night for six months. Um, but I didn't do enough customer research. You've really got to know your customer. You've got to be obsessed with your customer. And, I mean, that's you really did do it. So that's not like a thing where you ideated, you raised, and then it flopped. I mean, you did it for a while and you kind of recognized that it wasn't quite hitting the mark or? Yeah, like um, oh, we just ran out of capital. Yep. Um, another mistake I made, I outsourced my tech. Yep. So if you're going to do a startup and it's got any tech element, don't outsource it if you can. Um, find find someone, a co-founder that is. Is that because it's you lose the IP value or? Um, one, it's bloody expensive. Yep. And you'll you'll burn through your capital. Mm-hmm. Um, more importantly, when something goes wrong, it's going. If if you don't have someone internally, it's going to take time, much more time than you want to fix it. Um, and that's what happened with us. Like our software would crash. Mm. And we had to wait two or three days. Yeah, so it makes us an un- unreliable. Uh, so not tracking my runway, outsourcing my tech, not understanding my customer. These yeah. are big things. What about the mistake of the hypothesis around what people want? Like how did you kind of deconstruct that? Because, I mean, if it was me, I'd imagine that you were thinking, okay, um, it makes so much. It, it, ma- it makes logical sense. Look, people are ordering junk from another provider. Um, there's people probably want to eat healthy, so let's just build something that does that. Do you kind of deconstruct that in any particular way or – Oh, look, we, we had about uh, – Oxford's a small town. We had about three or 400 um, customers. Mm-hmm. So we, we were making deliveries every night. Um, there just wasn't enough demand. Ah, right. Okay. So it was a scaling problem or – Yep, yeah. big time. Um, and all the market research we did was with actually with the restaurants. So we had eight brilliant restaurants that were high-quality food. 
Um, they were really excited about us because they didn't want to be on Deliveroo because it would taint their brand. Yep. Um, but really taint, taint the brand to be on Deliveroo. Yeah. I thought then, their brand was, um, was killer strong. Yeah, it's, it's normalized a bit since yeah, then yeah. Um, and a lot of restaurants are on there now. But um, Deliveroo was very new, very exciting back mm. then. It was founded in, in London. Yeah. I just think what a ridiculous age to live in as a human where you can just have an idea in your mind out of a catalogue of things that you want and it's just ferried to you within 20 minutes and put put on your plate. It's like the ultimate trap. Um, it's convenience always wins. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a long-time sufferer of food delivery. Yep. I, uh, I am my own customer. Yep. I just... Um, Got some Chinese delivered before you came, so um, we're on point here. <laughs> Great. We're on point. Great. Um, yeah, so those are the big lessons learned. That was three or four years ago. I was completely burnt out, burnt through all my savings, came back to Australia, um, tail between my legs. But uh, after six months, got the appetite back to give it another go. I'm surprised that you say you had your tail between your legs because I, I would see what you did as being massive success. I see that I, I look back with pride now, yeah. but that's... It was three years ago. Yep. Um, so t- it takes really, some time to. Oh, mate, it, it's it's brutal. Is it worse than like the worst breakup? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you put your heart and soul in something, and uh, you really believe in it, and then <laughs> you learn that it, it's no one else wants it. <laughs> yeah, I um, and not being able to pay the restaurants, I did in the end, but not being able to pay staff. Now I had staff that would really believe in what we we're doing, and uh, just looking into their eyes to say it's over. That was just. Heartbreaking. We'll paint the picture what what sort of happens when in that kind of difficult time when you have to make that sort of announcement to the team. Um, uh, it, was, it was pretty obvious towards the end. Um, I love the sound of the dog in the background. <laughs> Is he distracting you? Not at all. It's great. Um, it adds a bit of um, comfort. Yeah, yeah, it's good. He's, I think he really enjoys the podcast. <laughs> I like how you deconstructed way techniques for uh, for priming podcast guests before. He said, "Oh, you can you can offer whiskey now with the dog here." You're like, yeah, I'm you enjoying the whiskey yeah, as well. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> All the things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what was that like? The experience in the UK, uh, other than if you sort of put the the difficulty, the failure beside, um, or the you know the th- the lessons, um, was that kind of moving to a, a whole new city and you know doing that. A big growth experience? It was huge. Um, it was life-changing for me to get away from Australia for five years. Um, just living overseas, Oxford's a really international, um, small city. Two-thirds of the graduates are from overseas. They're all extremely impressive. Um, so it made me more worldly. It probably made me much more ambitious. What do people talk about at Oxford? I feel like um, everyone would talk about uh, macro or microeconomics it's just at a, a very university. high level. It, on, at the end of the day, it is just a university. Yep. They do get away with a fair bit with their just their reputation. Oh, their reputation stellar. I mean, Oxford just yeah. kind of makes you think of Hogwarts, Hogwarts combined with the sort of you know Nobel laureate societies. It's very beautiful, but they run yeah. off the badge a bit, I think. Yeah. Uh, it is just a university <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> run off the badge. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but I had a lot of fun. Um, I had awesome supervisors. That's not always the case, mm. but like, they were like parents. Um, How'd they take to an Aussie coming across? There's so many Aussies at Oxford. Really? There's hundreds. Awesome. Um, yeah, we, we, I was captain of the AFL team. <laughs> They've got an AFL team. Yeah, That's yeah. amazing. It's great. We have a big varsity match every year versus Cambridge. <laughs> it's like the regatta or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. AFL alternative. We're older than the um, rugby uh, varsity match. 1907, we played Cambridge every year. In AFL? In AFL. That is incredible. That is incredible. Is wow. Crazy. So is it, was it fun over there, that kind of scene, that um, Aussie scene, a bit of AFL, a lot of academics I'm imagining have gone across? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
this, there was so much that happened. Um, but just going back to that point about making you more worldly, more ambitious. Mm. Um, before that, I was working for two years for government. Um, great job, but very frustrating. Can you say which sort of area or department? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, it was Queensland Health yep. um, up in Brisbane. Awesome program. It's called the Deadly Ears Program. Mm-hmm. So I was their epidemiologist. Um, every other week would fly in and out of remote Indigenous communities uh, checking ears and eyes, mostly ears. And I was doing like just research around um, ways to reduce the rates because chronic otitis media is a big problem. Yeah. Um, but I got really frustrated working with government. So that's why, that's why I switched to academia. I thought mm. I could make an impact there. Mm. Um, we have strong alignment on the frustration with government and moving on to something sure. else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people do. It happens. What did you have to say sort of about the massive health inequities between kind of urban and rural and then sort of urban, rural, Aboriginal communities? That's a huge question. Um, geez, we're covering some big... We're going to, I told you that you were under no illusions earlier. I said we're going to cover a lot of content. I'm not expecting, uh, like, you know, um, solve any problems tonight, but I am curious about your thoughts. We'll we'll come back to Pearly then. Sure. Um, So I see one of the big benefits of um, our technology is uh, access to healthcare services in rural and remote communities um, is, is very difficult. I grew up in country in New South Wales, in Dubbo. Yep. Um, and uh, access to health services is a big problem. We were a lower socioeconomic family. We lived in community housing, basically growing up, moving every six months. Uh, it was bloody tough. And when, the last thing we were thinking about was the six-monthly dental checkup. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, rural and remote health is something I do care about. And I see a lot of benefits for what we're building with Pearly. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I suppose I asked the inverse question there. I mean, I could ask you to talk about Pearly and why it's good, but I suppose I wanted to come at it the other way a bit and what you saw kind of having been out in those communities and the response a bit and like where you were, did you have, was there like a GP or is there kind of a, a um, nurse practitioner? What's the kind of setup? Um, working specifically in remote mm. Indigenous communities, mm. um, there are health services, of course. Yep. Um, the more isolated you get, the less there are. Yep. But a lot of it is fly and fly out. Yep. And that has problems. Um, trust with the local community. Yeah. It really breaks down. They get real sick of just people coming in out, coming in, promising a lot. And then leaving. And then getting leaving fed up. And leaving. Um, we were a really good program. We won a lot of awards called Deadly Ears. Um, we did it the right way. So it's this community led health intervention, that's uh, this thing in, in public health. It's where all the. Uh, health promotion material, you get it developed by the local community. Um, ideally, they want what you're there to do. Um, so we worked on a 12-month consultation period. So we would wait to be invited from a community. We wouldn't, we wouldn't do any marketing for our program. Yep. But it would go around the grapevine, the Aboriginal grapevine around mm. Queensland. They're like, there's this great service. The Aboriginal grapevine. It's yeah, a, yeah. quite a particular grapevine. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Um, and we would wait to get invited and then we had a rule, 12 months of consultation uh, would, would fly up just to get to know the community, um, develop health promotion material in local language. And Queensland Health were happy enough to buy into that? Yep. Because uh, uh, they, they loved us. We oh, were their okay. pin-up child. Like, yeah. we'd, we'd, success we'd, we'd project. We cleaned up at the awards. Stories of success. Yeah. Public service All awards. the other states were very jealous yep. of, um, of our little program. And just give me a bit around the terminology. When you say deadly, I hear that term a lot um, used by Aboriginal people. <laughs> yeah. Does that kind of mean like? Cool or yeah, 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 it's deadly. Okay, cool. 
Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I just want to make sure I'm on point and I'm not misinterpreting anything. Yeah, it's it a good name for the program. It's got a lot of it's good marketing. It's, got, it's great marketing. Yeah. I think there needs to be like a new word like describing things that are like cool and community relevant. I think there's yeah. sort of that's, that's a marketing problem anyway. But talking more about Pearly because I think Pearly sort of strikes me as really interesting. How did you have that kind of acorn dropping or like apple falling off the tree moment when you thought – this is something I can do. Did you realize that there was um, – was it when you realized there's nothing in the space and, you know, I can insert myself here or um, – So, well, I've got really shit teeth. Yep. Um, I can't – I don't know if I can swear. Apologies. You can. Great. Yeah. Um, but just everyone imagine um, one missing tooth. Um, they're a bit – they're very stained. Yep. A couple of them crooked. Um, I have very good oral health now, uh, oral, oral hygiene. No plaque? Um, no. Good. You know, no gingivitis. Um, very good personal origin. <laughs> However, that was not always the case. Uh, I wasn't until I was about 13. Um, a good mate of mine, I stayed over his house and his dad was the local dentist. And uh, I remember making fun of him because he was brushing his teeth at night. No one had ever told me that I, I, he was supposed to do it twice in a day. Yeah. And um, my teeth were yellow at the time. They were horrible. And, uh, and luckily enough, his dad gave me the 101 on personal oral hygiene then and uh, ever since I've been pretty good but the damage was done um, a lot of like I had a terrible diet still um, and I'm paying for it now so and so that really the diet has a lot to do with um, yeah. with tooth health and oral so health. sugar 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 yeah it's it, um, it's these cavity producing uh, bacteria right you just, they just sit on the teeth and they uh, demineralize your teeth they just eat away unless you brush and floss Um and a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't floss, I feel. I feel like um, they feel like brushing the teeth is enough and then they don't add the flossing. And if yeah. they do floss, maybe it's like once every two weeks, a token floss, you know? I was a token floss for a long time. Yeah. Best way to get over that is do a startup in that space. <laughs> if you want to change your behavior. <laughs> do a startup. Because I look at rotten teeth, photos of rotten teeth mm. all the time yep. and it, it really does motivate your behavior change. But I mean, your solution is interesting because it makes me think of going to my dentist and my old dentist in particular was um, well overpriced and um, just billing for everything and i remember sitting in the chair and they make you chew on that thing and they do the x-rays and it sort of feels like it's this whole complicated process is that kind of what pearly is doing with the smartphone <laughs> machine learning like just got to be really careful sure about well one i don't want to piss off dentists yes I, I think they're great people and we work we've got four dentists like we work oh with. no i'm not egging on dentists but, i just you know but two-thirds of the australian population have not been to the dentist in the last two years what yeah, that's, that's extraordinary. That's from the ADA. That's, yeah. a, that's our peak body. Um, and you just hit the um, nail on the head. Why? Cost. Cost. On yeah. average, it's $231 for a checkup yep. in Australia. Um, it's more in the US. Um, it's inconvenient. People hate the – we've done heaps of surveys on the streets and people hate booking an appointment. Yeah. They hate sitting in the waiting room. It takes hours out of their day. So, yeah. it's very inconvenient. It's a huge waste of time. Um, I'm not – it can be a huge waste of time if it's not managed yeah. properly. It's just it's all about the putting the dentist's needs first rather than the patient needs. Yeah. And um, with technology, we, we want to flip that around and there's a lot of other startups doing similar things where they put the patient first. So do you like the, the med tech space um, generally? Uh, do you dabble a bit in that? I love it. Yeah? Um, I like anything that disrupts. Yep. Um, dentistry is is ripe for disruption. What about- um, They don't need to change. Um 
they've, they've, they earn a very good living um, and there's, no one's really disrupted the space uh, for a long time. What about, I mean, it make, makes me think a bit of radiology as well, like when you think of diagnostics and imaging and oncology. Radiologists are not happy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, um, again, it was with technology, it's kind of really, it already has disrupted that yeah. space and uh, they need to adapt. And oncology as well, and like sort of using the power of machine learning to sort of scan images for patterns. Hmm. Um, it's an interesting time. I think there's, it opens up so many possibilities um, to reduce costs and also hand a bit more power and autonomy back to the consumer or patient. Yep. Um, you, yeah, you're right. But uh, time, you're saving time, you're saving costs for the patient. Um, you know, you've got, to unpack what you just said yeah. is uh, going to take a while. Um, you don't have to unpack the whole thing. You can just pick apart. I'll stick with dentistry because that's what I know. Yeah. Um, we're really excited about it because we will be able to offer. I'm not, I don't want to do the sales pitch, but no, you can. It's going to be so much cheaper. Yeah. And so much faster. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a that's a fair promise to make. And how, how does your product work? Like, at what point do I decide I'm I'm going to take a picture of my teeth, and then what happens? Sort of. Yep. So um, I downloaded the Pearly app. Yep. Uh, which is coming out in a few weeks. Um, again, this is just a beta. Yep. Uh, we just won a, a grant with the state government. We're going to be running trials. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, is that VicGov or Fed? Yep. Awesome. Um, we're going to be running trials at the University of Melbourne Dental School to awesome. just test it, keep making it better. Uh, we've been really focused on tooth decay. Uh, we've got we've gotten pretty good at uh, detecting tooth decay from images. Uh, but we're looking now at gingivitis, calculus, white spots, which is early signs, like these white spots you get in your teeth. That's yep. early signs of decay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we're really focused on. But there's, we want to look at the tongue. Do you know now that we're talking so much about teeth, I'm keeping my mouth more closed. I'm noticing yeah, do I, I don't want you. To, I don't want you to analyze my teeth because they're also like I have pretty bad teeth. So yeah, I, <laughs> that the psychology of smiling. <laughs> yeah, that has been so much fun oh. trying to understand because we want to make a marketing campaign, right? And I need to understand the psychology of teeth and smiling because it's a reflection of your social class. There's a lot of studies that show bad teeth. Um, it affects your confidence when you go for a job interview, go on a date. Um, it really has an impact on your life and people judge you when you have bad teeth. Yeah. And do you think, I mean, I think bad breath is worse than bad teeth. What do you think? Uh, hopefully I don't have bad breath. Um, None witnessed so it far. Is, it is, yeah, it sucks when you, someone who has bad yeah, breath. Yeah, because you can't, I mean, do you say something? It's kind it's, of like. It's usually related to a bit of plaque buildup. Yeah. So calculus. Yeah. Um, I don't say anything, no. no. <laughs> I once I once had something said to me. It was, it was mortifying. Oh, my God. It was a mortifying uh, situation. It was um, – I didn't know how to handle it. Was because, it your, your wife? No. Okay. <laughs> it was a volunteer many years ago. Okay, start brushing your tongue, use some, maybe some I couldn't um, believe it. mouthwash. I, I basically hid for like a day <laughs> after he mentioned it and I couldn't kind of have a proper – like anyway, I think I've evolved hopefully a little bit at taking feedback, but even when you're good at taking feedback, like that is probably the worst feedback you can get. Like, bad breath. It's pretty bad. I get some pretty bad odor, uh, bad uh, under the arms. Yeah, I, my, wife, my wife gets self-conscious about that. That can be an issue. Um, well, I'm glad we touched on this. I wasn't expecting great, that we'd get to this. Uh, very revealing Very revealing, yeah. <laughs> we're going deep on a few topics. <laughs> um, tell me about, uh, was it Dream Lucid that you were recently speaking at? Yeah, that was, that was great. Um, I was just helping out um, some mates that were organizing it. And Who's involved in that? Uh, so Sophie was the driving force. She works at... IE, which is um, 
an awesome branding and design company in Richmond. So they 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 don't have to do this stuff, but they get they get really involved with the indigenous entrepreneurship space. Is that what they? Is that what IE stands for? No, they've they got nothing to do. Oh, okay. With the indigenous they're yeah. they're 120 staff. They do like huge like Lexus, big companies. Um, their branding, they build websites, their tech, but they've just got really good people there. And awesome. um, I've gotten to know them really well over the last 12 months. Um, shout out to John Chambers and Reese and, uh, Hayes in particular. Mm. Um, they just they just want to help and um, sound like good people. Maybe we should um, get them on the show for a chat. Well, they've got valuable skills to like organising events. Um, so Dream Lucid was it was a huge hit. Um, it was like a great event. I I was invited, but I couldn't go because I was overseas at the time. So I just Fair got enough. back and quarantined. No, yeah. no, nah, nah, safe. So Pre corona outbreak. Okay. Uh, so okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am um, healthy. If you that's what you were great. Well, a lot of getting lot of, at uh, healthy. Uh, a lot of middle aged, yeah, younger males, uh, asymptomatic. You calling me so, middle aged? Oh, as soon as I said it, <laughs> as soon as I said it, I thought oh, I'm in trouble here. So you you told me that um, my plaque built up is high and that I'm middle aged. This is not going well. It's just a grilling for you. That's why I'm here actually. The, pre- um, the previous guests have sent me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, what have I done in previous lives to deserve this grill? Um, so Dream Lucid. What were the like? Um, what were the other people like that were there? I mean, and and are those events something that you get a lot out of in terms of networking with other um, young Aboriginal people yeah, or kicking yeah. goals? Best thing about it was um, such a positive event. When you when you think about, um, uh, I think Australia's got a lot of issues with racism and uh, particularly towards this Indigenous population. Um, they don't think about it in a positive light um, most of the time. So when you get an event like this, um, over 100 people, um, incredibly run, beautiful uh, people behind it, uh, very interesting stuff going on. So first we had the um, guest speaker, Joe Williams, talking about mental, mental health, um, suicide. and uh, Where is she from, his university base? Or? Joe's uh, former rugby league player. Oh, terrific. He's a bloke. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Former professional boxer, so yes, better yeah, get that right. Yeah, no, I remember. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Joe. Shout <laughs> out to you, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we split off into three different rooms, so three different groups. One was um, sort of meditation, um, using native plants and um, but native, uh, fire crackling in the background in dark rooms. Smoking ceremony? Um, no, 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 not a smoking ceremony, yeah. but th- that vibe. Yeah. Uh, the next one was uh, an incredible food, um, all native ingredients. And the third one was... Uh, what do you call it? An art. It was an artist um, piece. Uh, it was one one man show. Beautiful. It was quite confronting. It was about identity. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, it was excellent. And um, what was the food? Um, we had prawns, kangaroo. Um, my girlfriend actually was a vegetarian, so she couldn't eat anything. But uh, <laughs> but it was it was still fantastic. <laughs> um, kangaroo tail or kangaroo fillet. I don't know sure what part of the kangaroo, but uh, it was bloody delicious. Kangaroo's delightful. Uh, my wife eats it by the kilo. Um, yeah, right. She loves it. She loves it because it's not, you know, nice, healthy, it's lean. lean and, yeah. yeah, it's native and they're, yeah. they're overpopulated. Yeah. So that you can't, I'm pretty sure this is true, um, they're not farmed because if you fence them, they go nuts. Yeah. So they just probably jump wild, over the fence. Wild caught as well, I think. Yeah, and I think that's eating wild animals is much better for you and that the quality of the protein as well, from what I hear. Don't know, but it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, call it speculation. It's certainly yeah. not a scientific that's, rule. That's what we're doing, are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. we mainly speculate. We banter and we speculate <laughs> the, the, the main activities. Let's just keep going. With it. Yeah. How does so being in, um, in Perley and, and um, with your your role as a lecturer as well? Like, what's it? Um, is it changed your behaviour much? Like, are you more obsessed with dental care and um, and have your behaviours and habits changed? And what you talk about? Yeah, floss all the time now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Do you have floss on you right now? I do not. Okay. I carry gum though. Yep. Um, use mouthwash now. I never use that. Yep. Do you um, have a particular type of gum that you recommend? I'm not going <laughs> to plug to some <laughs> gum company. Continue, continue. Um, yeah, definitely. And uh, that's that's a big part of what we're about. So we can't put fillings in your teeth, um, but education is a huge part of what we want to do. So you upload photos um, taken in an app. We scan it with a machine learning algorithm to check for dental problems. Uh, so it's it's going to be four fifty. So it's the price of a coffee, mm-hmm. um, which is great. So that's the cost of the app, or yeah, yep. yeah per, per dental checkup. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we give uh, oral health advice tailored to your results, and uh, we 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 still need to do a lot of work around how we, we want we want to create videos and um, about how to floss, uh, how to. So you're not going to be recommending, hey, you needed um, F3, F4 surgery? Um, One day. Uh, day. We do a lot more work. We're still applying for a lot more um, grants. We need to do much larger studies. But um, that's where we want to get to. Uh, Very exciting. Huge uh, uh, educational impact around proving oral health literacy. So we we can zoom in on your photos and show you exactly where you need to be brushing and flossing better. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very interesting. Um, So do you pay much attention to like products and innovations in that space coming out of the US, like Quip, for example? I don't know about Quip. Quip's just like this this brush that's come out that kind of, like a lot of these new brushes, like it buzzes when it's time to change regions. It's time. Oh, yeah. It's time. These smart toothbrushes. Yeah, smart. That whole kind of Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Shows a demand. Yep. Yeah, um, and it's a subscription um, replacement service as well for like their really? toothbrush heads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it and, feels a bit overdesigned for my liking. But I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, I'm fully with you on that. Um, your dog's jumping all over. Yeah, Cyril, come here. No, no, it's great. It's unfortunate. It's a Hawthorne. Oh, Cyril Real is a bit of a legend. But He's a bit of a legend. You're a Carlton man. I am. Yeah. What do you say about the start of the season and the t- tumultuousness surrounding it? Oh, it's yeah, it's sort of. Bigger things to worry about than a footy season. I'm, I'm a mad Carlton fan. But so you've got Thursday night uh, if it happens. Yeah, two days. Two nights, yeah. Um, I don't see the season finishing. Um, it, they'll, yeah, I feel feel for a business that's going to be really um, hit hard by this. The, the AFL? Yep. Now, at the end of the day, they're a business. Um, but they're quite a special type of business. But uh, the, the health of the public comes first. Absolutely. And do you see, I mean, just to get your views on kind of the, I mean, there's a bit of an unprecedented kind of situation and a lot of panic and a lot of concern going on. How concerned do you kind of think we should be given your background as an epidemiologist and maybe get you to sort of just give a broad kind of comments, any that you like on, on the situation? Um, it's the panic I worry about. It's, uh, coronavirus I'm not too worried about as a disease. Again, I'm not, I'm not following this. I'm... I know you know as much as you do. Yeah. Um, and please refer to your local government for their advice. Um, but it's the panic. And I've seen it firsthand. So back in 2009, I did my master's in a prison in Canberra, the Alexander McConnick Centre. It's a maximum security prison. And I, was, I set up a surveillance system for hepatitis C. I was trying to see, uh, detect 
people getting it in the prison, so from sharing needles, and then we could have a needle exchange program in there. Sorry, that was a long-winded story. I'm coming full No, no, you're right. But then swine flu took off, and um, it's coming out of Mexico. We're getting reports that everyone's dying, and we're like, oh, okay. So I got pulled from my placement, put in the National Emergency Response Room for two months, sleeping out of my desk. It was crazy. And then my surveillance system for Hep C um, picked up one of the first cases in Australia for um, swine flu. Whoa. So I got sent back to the prison to, uh, I published this as well, um, to try and contain it. But the prison was full. Um, I don't know if I can actually tell this story, but oh, we'll go with it. It's 10 years ago. Um, I think the statute of limitations is expired, oh, maybe. I hope so. <laughs> um, but the prison was at capacity and um, I had to isolate this this poor prisoner um, and the only place was an isolation cell and no windows and it was it was a very – and this was, he had schizophrenia um, – Gee whiz. And he thought he's done something wrong and, this, and we're trying to tell him it's not, but he's being punished. And then, but the panic in the prison, I can tell you now, it was just next level. Um, and the the bloody guards were just making it worse. Yeah. Um, they're almost, uh, their egos came through, like they could leave. What do you think everyone is? They're wearing bloody face masks walking around. They wouldn't give them to the prisoners. Oh. And um, so I've seen it at its worst and- I think we're in the early stages of coronavirus. Um, public alarms starting to really go up. Mm. I just hope it doesn't get that bad. I mean, what worries me the most is kind of looking at bizarre behaviours like why is everyone buying up all the toilet paper uh, and stockpiling things like rice and um, and pasta? Is, is the next step is that people are going to kind of buy bunkers for their backyard and just go underground? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Um, I did just hear from a mate that the pubs might be closing. Whoa. That 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 hit home. Yeah, that's uh, that's going quite far. I feel like um, you, that's an overreaction. <laughs> well, my wife is very concerned that they're going to start closing gyms, and she said if that happens, I'm, I think they have. Really? Um, yeah, I think that's happening a lot. I think um, Melbourne City Council has closed their facilities. Yeah, I don't know if, they're, um, if they've got gyms, I don't know. I think apartment blocks are starting to close their facilities. Yeah, um, which makes working from home even more difficult. Yep, we're actually we've, we're a tech company. Yeah, I think a lot of big corporates. Are going to be uh, a rude shock. Um, are they ready for? Are they really tech? Um, what's this optimized? What's this term? Um, adapting to the new technical revolution. Oh, like resilient or? Um, IE actually do a bit of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry to keep playing. Resilience. Um, do you work for IE? No, I don't. Honest. I don't. Are you sure? No, I don't. I don't okay. work for them. Um, I really like them. Though. You, you've mentioned them five times <laughs> since being here. I feel like you might work for them. <laughs> I don't work for them. Um, <laughs> What's it called? It's when you um, hire a consultant to come in. In you're, you're a big corporate and you want to um, optimize your systems with using the latest tech, the latest methods um, to use that tech. Yep. Um, and I think it's a rude awakening coming for the big corporates because now we're being forced to work from home. And have they got the systems in place to use uh, to work remotely. Well, I can tell you that um, I work in a mid-sized not-for-profit and certainly we've struggled to get our tech and systems sorted to be ready for this change. Um, oh, tell you what, the tech companies are bloody happy. Yes. Slack has been downloaded. There's the spike in downloads. Yeah. Um, Microsoft, uh, they can't, they're shutting down certain parts of their software because they can't handle it. Really? Because um, demand's so high for the... I feel for the MBN. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> they struggle at the best of times. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And then I've I feel most for the healthcare system. Um, or a lot of mates that are doctors, and yeah, they're exhausted. Let me pivot a little bit to more uplifting matters, matters of learning and personal development. Um, do you read a lot, uh, or do you read a lot specifically in the public health epidemiology space? Yep, um, definitely. Um, yeah, of course. For your um, own, for your own um, well, that's how I came up. With, that is how I came up with the idea for Pearly. Yep, I saw a paper. Um, it's about 18 months ago. So you're uh, deep in the papers. You're reading a lot of scientific papers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good fun. Um, so just that's why I'm here. Um, a colleague at UWA in Perth yep. at the university there, he trains some Aboriginal healthcare workers up uh, in remote part of WA uh, to send him some photos on a smartphone camera uh, of teeth because they had no dental in this community. And uh, he showed it to a dentist in uh, the photos to a dentist in Perth, a friend of his, and he's like, I can tell a hell of a lot. So he got together a grant, um, took the dentist up there, put the same people in the chair and did a validity and reliability study and found that it was on par for detecting dental caries or tooth decay. So I saw that paper about 18 months ago. (laughs) I thought, one, I can automate that with machine learning and uh, two, commercialize it. That's very exciting. Was that like a rubbing hands together moment or self high five moment? That was a very exciting day. <laughs> I still remember exactly where I was. Where, where were you? I was at home. Um, yeah, I was just sitting on the table and it's like, oh shit, it's awesome. It's awesome. I love hearing about those those uh, stories of realization. And so, are you listening? Also, do you listen to podcasts much? Do you read sort of books outside of the field? Um, just when I'm traveling, I'm really bad at remembering which podcasts I've listened to. Um, I love Russell Brand. Yeah, uh, he's brilliant. And so, are you a meditator? Uh, no. In, do you like the mindfulness space though? Or I feel like isn't he a lot about that? Yeah, he's huge yep. on that. Um, I'm going to bring you back to Pearly again around the mindfulness question. Yeah, I, um, think, I think maybe I'm not focused enough on Pearly. I'm just getting. No, no, you're going to. It's it's relevant. Take um, me back. So we see a lot of comparison to what we're doing with the impact that the mental health apps have had, such as Calm and Headspace, mm, Smiling Mind here, Smiling Mind. Yep. Okay. You know them. Smiling Mind. Smiling Mind are a local one. Uh, I think they're probably operating a bit differently, but point taken, calm and headspace certainly on a global scale. They've got scale. 50 million plus uh, users and yep. a lot of them are paying. Waking Up by Sam Harris is pretty popular. Cool. And what it's showing is people want alternatives. So you know you can go to the psychologist to probably better manage your mental health. Yeah. But it costs hundreds of dollars, takes hours out of your day. Mm. This is sounding very similar to dentistry. Very similar. Um, there's anxiety associated, maybe a bit of stigma, very similar to dentistry. What that, what that um, case study has shown is that there's demand. Um, even though it's probably not as good as going to see a psychologist in person, um, people will put up with it not being as good if it's significantly cheaper, much more convenient. Yep. And I'm banking on Pearly being something, having doing something similar. Yeah, I think the the potential for that kind of thing is huge. But what I liked about um, what you're doing is it's rare to see the application being so relevant and tangible to people's daily lives and their problems. I have seen in the US um, similar services, not not using machine learning as much, but um, subscription counselling services where it's like it's a, to replace a psychologist in case you don't want to see someone Directly, you want the anonymity? Yeah, maybe right. you want to talk to someone. Yeah, that's interesting. You can pay a month-to-month subscription, and if, like everything is SaaS-oriented, sort of now with the how they're loading up and how they're working. Yeah, cool. Yeah. There's a lot of um, 
uh, telemedicine startups kind yep. of happening around the world. So yep. that's when you dial in, you're on Skype with a doctor. Um, there's a number of dentists now that do checkups for like half price instead of in person. You do it on Skype. Yep. And you just like smile and show your teeth. <laughs> the smiling problem is too significant. I still, I think the, these applications are great when they're around diagnostics and machine learning. I find video conferencing still a little bit problematic. Yeah. Um, uh, every six months there's a new video conferencing uh, software that yeah, pops up and yeah. everyone has to use. It solves all our problems. But yeah. the problem is there's too many of them. Correct. And no one's on the same one. Correct. And also the fact that no system can currently compensate completely for the two-thirds of the communication value that's lost by not being in person. Well, the, the signals. we're about to learn uh, a lot about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Healthcare as well. So a lot of the doctors are now are switching and they're going to be learning a lot as well. Yeah. Um, one of, uh, a friend of mine actually called me this afternoon. He was asking if he could help at all. Uh, how are we going? Um, and he was talking about how you lose that personal touch of, um, working side by side. Yeah. And, uh, he, we're talking about how do you measure that? Like, yep. It's really tough. Well, that would be, I've been saying to my wife that I think that would be the best. A lot of interesting PhD research and papers will come out of this pre and post Corona period. Like, cause you can directly do a comparison between um, social contact, full yep. social contact yep. and people's well-being levels and then also maybe looking at when you've got reduced social contact or maybe even isolation, uh, what happens to people's well-being as a result of maybe loneliness <laughs> and other mediators. <laughs> Your dog's going nuts. He's going berserk. Um, you're right. Uh, it's the next five years of uh, the response, the research, the, the tech that's going to come out of it, the, the businesses in response to this um, – would be pretty exciting to watch. Absolutely. So tell me, I mean, a lot to be excited about with Pearly. You're launching in a couple of weeks? Yeah, we're going to just launch our beta on Product Hunt. So Product Hunt's great, but it's just terrifying. <laughs> um, they've got a, over a million users, a, a community that love to grill and rip apart new products. They, oh, so they're they like the, they're the beta fleet. They do this. Yeah, it's in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, and everyone launches a new website, a new app or something, and you have to go there first and uh it's 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 going to be really tough to see the feedback hopefully it's positive yeah but yeah very exciting yeah. yeah and um in terms of vision for the for the future and things you're looking forward to obviously you're probably taking it one step at a time but i think you said earlier um that you're quite excited to sort of extend that version if it's successful out to do a bit more kind of advanced um diagnostics and maybe uh, advice yeah what's uh, like I'm a naive entrepreneur, um, we are going to build this. So I've got no doubt in my mind. Uh, we've already built a, a pretty awesome um, like uh, MVP, like a, a, a beta version. Yep. Um, and now we're going to release it and after a month I'm going to raise again um, more capital and much, much more capital. How confident are you that all of this is going to happen, how you see it in your mind and like kind of how do you check in with yourself around that? Or Realistic, like things can go wrong. Yep. Uh, I've been in that situation where things yep. do go wrong. Um, got a really good team. There's five of us. We've been working on it for a long time. We feel pretty pretty good, but look, no one expected coronavirus to hit. So <laughs> who, who knows what else is around the corner. But, yeah, we, we've got a plan, um, a good roadmap for the next few months, so... I don't know, we'll just be working our ass off to try and hit those targets. Um, yeah, so but if we show a little bit of traction, um, so it's interesting, 
not a uh, there's there's two things I got to check. One, the validity, like um, of the technology, does it work? But then I've also got to check: um, is there market demand? Yes. Yeah. Um. So, and it's the chicken or the egg problem. <laughs> You're having a great time with the dog. <laughs> Whether you battle of will. That's all right. No, um, your chicken and egg problem. Yeah, so we're, we're running trials in the background to try and get that up and going. But there's no point doing all that if no one wants to buy it. So there's nothing more depressing trying than to making, do the same, both so, at the same time. Yeah, you know, you make something that you assume everyone wants and no one actually wants it. Yeah, you, well, I've I mean, done that before. Yeah, so so <laughs> that, that's the good news is that you kind of have done that before and you know yeah. in a way how to best avoid it. So we got some good investors. Yeah. Um, we've. As I said, we raised and that allowed us to build this demo. Like so we had to pay people online for dental photos yep. um, to build up our data set. Then I had to pay dentists. I'll like, give you free dental photos. Great. Well, we need thousands. Okay. So um, the only way I was going to do it. I could fun. commit to up to five. No more. Pardon? I could commit to up to five. That's all we need. That's all we ask for. <laughs> um, but then you got to pay dentists to sit there and label every photo. Yep. yep. So we built some software. It's, um, they sit there uh, on the computer labeling every tooth uh, and then they, they diagnose each tooth like uh, there might be a white spot or blah, blah, blah. And we got to do that for tens of thousands of teeth, tens of thousands of photos. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of money, a lot of time, uh, a lot of work. So that, is that what goes into building a good sort of machine learning kind of base to enable you to know how right you are or how predictive you are in your... Yeah, so... Machine learning, the algorithms, um, I'm rooting my co-founder will be pretty annoyed by this, but the machine learning part, the algorithm is not the toughest part. It's getting the data to train the algorithm. Um, so, you've got to teach it what to look for. Um, and that takes uh, a lot of time to get those that, the right data. And then you need the domain expertise, in our case, dentists, um, to label those data set. And that takes a hell of a lot of time and money. Yeah. So this is the greatest barrier to machine learning is getting those data sets. That's quite fascinating. And is that why when you're online um, you see all that recapture kind of stuff? Like, you know, click um, click which um, pictures or tiles have a traffic light in it if you want to progress yeah. to the next yeah, screen? Yeah, I believe that does contribute to a bit of machine learning. Yep. Um, but there's all these platforms now um, that are incredible. Um, so And there's these new businesses that have emerged for labeling. Um, so if it's a really simple um, task, like pick a car and a photo, um, anyone could do that. And in China, there's this, this, this tens of thousands of people employed that sit there and label photos. If they're um, not on lockdown, house arrest. Yeah, well, you can do it from home. Oh, there you go. Work from home. Yeah, Very so effective. people worry about machine learning, taking jobs or whatever, but new jobs emerge. Yeah, I like that positive perspective. I think that's a good uh, well, place I'm, to I'm stop. I'm in the bloody industry, so... <laughs> I've got to defend it. No, I, I love it. I've got to defend it. How can people uh, learn more about your, your work and get in touch if they want to? Um, we're getting uh, we're about to be all over social media. Um, we've got a go-to-market strategy, so we're going to do a lot of advertising. Um, but, yeah, I'm Dr. Kyle Turner I'm online, Twitter, yep. LinkedIn. Do you welcome um, people to write to you and say good day, drop you a line? Yeah, of course. So, Kyle, K-Y-L-E, mm-hmm. at pearly.com. Awesome. And, and the website's obviously pearly.com. Yeah, pearly.com. P-E-A-R-L-I-I.com. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, the two eyes. Uh, yeah. We're having a lot of fun with the, the, the graphic design around the two eyes to make it less embarrassing. <laughs> but uh, we, we needed the .com. I was very determined to get a yeah, .com. you need a .com. That's all we could bloody get. So it took me ta- years to get a .com. They're all taken. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd love to hear some people. Um, all feedback is good feedback, and we're going to get grilled. On our Hopefully, people don't write to you and think, "Oh, I'm sensitive that I might have bad breath." Can you 
can you tell again me? i'll pass it on to one of the dentists in yeah. our team yeah. um but yeah uh maybe download the app and <laughs> <laughs> great segue <laughs> that's brilliant mate thank you so much for coming on and joining me nah, it was a blast thanks for having me pleasure if you enjoyed this episode make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player or the link in today's episode notes why not share the podcast with your networks? After all, 62% of our subscribers come from word-of-mouth recommendations and social shares. You could also leave us a five-star review and some kind words in the iTunes store. If you love what we do each week and want to support the show, you should join our growing community of Patreon supporters or consider becoming a show sponsor. To learn more about all of that, just head to humansofpurpose.com.